When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What do menopause, gender theory, and Lindsey Graham have in common, Pat? Uh... I don't, I don't know that I want to answer that question. Well, they're all subjects we're going to tackle here today on a WTF Wednesday edition of Critical Thinking. So, everybody, welcome in. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. It's time to put those critical thinking caps on because, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> No, wait a minute. I, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to apologize off the top. Uh huh. I just, I, I just assumed the gender of this show. I, well, I, you I, mentioned Lindsey Graham, mm-hmm. gender theory. Yep. And menopause. Menopause, not menopause, not, not menopause. Right? Not not the thing that females go through when when they stop being able to reproduce and and their body is changing, right? We're we're talking menopause. I'm scared to what this combination is going to mean. So am I, especially since it involves Lindsey Graham. Right, right. right, (laughs) But before we get into all of that, um, one of the things that, that, you know, we have been on top of, especially myself before you even joined the program, Pat, is taking a look at the data and analyzing the data. Do we have good data? Are we getting good results? And and of the data sets that we do have, can we actually extrapolate anything out of it? And I've been doing that from the very beginning of the COVID-19 scare and the the pandemic and, and all of the things that have gone on. Now, what is the narrative that we've been hearing around the term excess excess deaths here in the United States over the last couple of weeks, Pat? If you've been paying attention to it. Uh, sudden adult death syndrome. That's one thing. But around excess death, we're being told that um, there's no such thing. And 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 we're on pace to have the, the death toll that we're supposed to have. Right. 
Like, we're not seeing excess death here in the United States of America, correct? That's the narrative that is out there. Now, I've also had this conversation again with the same person last week who tried to tell me, you know, that uh, stratifying the data doesn't help um, and, and making sure that we can that he went from 10%, right? I told you all this, right? He went from 10% to 1% of, of the death count, right? The 1.1 million, 10% of them are people who might have died with, not from COVID. Okay, how do you know that? Right, yeah. Right? Again, you can't prove that because we don't have any way of standardizing what we're looking for while still giving the leeway to the individual doctor to make that determination, right? But with evidence, and that's what you have to put on a death certificate is evidence, right? Right. Okay. And then his claim being the autopsies. We have to do autopsies on everybody now. No, no, we don't. We have to know the basics of what the person was going through when they died. So... The same person who is telling me this bit of information who believes that they are on the holy high ground of data analysis, right, also has been telling me there's no such thing as excess death in the United States of America right now. See, when someone says that, that I, my comeback is just like, well, can they explain to me sudden adult death syndrome then? Mm-hmm. But, but the... So the explanation that they would give you is that because we have lessened the amount of COVID-19 deaths overall, because we're, hang on, because we've lessened that amount, it will absorb the amount of sudden adult death syndrome people, right? No, I don't think it works that way. Yeah, I... I, Am I I wrong here? I mean, you're the data expert, but, but... to me, the logic does not compute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't compute to me either, by the way. It really doesn't. Um, but having said that, um, I have proof today, Pat. And while this proof comes from an article by Alex Berenson, who I can take and leave when it comes to some of this stuff, because there are some things that I, I think he's misinterpreting data on. This is a case of I can verify, right? I can verify these things. And in this case, he is dead on. And here's the rub, okay? As he points out, the death surge in highly mRNA vaccinated countries continues this winter. Meanwhile, less vaccinated countries are reporting normal or below normal mortality rates. The latest bad news for vaccine advocates comes from the British government and The reason why he's using the British government data is not to cherry pick data. It's because the British government is giving us data in almost real time. Whereas here in the United States, in some cases, we're 30 to 60 days behind. So this is the the thing that I always talk about in real estate, too. A lot of the data that we're given is 30 to 60 days behind or is including data from 12 months ago that doesn't indicate anything that's going on on the ground right now. We have a lack of real-time data when it comes to this. Okay, but so that's the reason why he's using the British data, okay? It's because this is as close to real-time as we're going to find. Now, he points out that the Office of National Statistics said it had registered 17,381 deaths in England 
and Wales in the week ending February or Friday, January 13th, February. Wow. Anyway, Friday, January 13th. That figure is about 20% more than the five-year average. <clears throat> and here's why that is a very important statistical modeling scenario. Because it does what? It includes pre-COVID, during COVID, and a little bit post-COVID, right? Right. The five-year running average, okay? It is 20% higher and 30% more than longer-term averages for the year's second week. So he's looking at the second overall week of the year. What are the numbers, right? What is the data? What is it telling us? Only about 650 of the deaths had COVID as an underlying cause, the government said. So of the 17,381 people, only 650 of them, Pat. So, okay, we're north of 15,000 people dying outside of COVID. Okay, let, keep that in the back of your mind right now. So that means what? Most, the vast, 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 vast majority of us, in fact, if it's 17,000 and you're doing 650, right? Let's do that math. Live on air, 650 divided by 17,381 gives us 3.7%, right? Right. Okay. So that means that roughly 96.3% of all deaths that happened did not involve COVID. Again, 20% more than the five-year and 30% more than the longer averages that are out there. How do you explain that considering we have this, Pat, right? COVID-19 is about a third of the total that it was, even here in the United States. The amount of people who have been reported to get COVID, okay, if we're just talking that number, is at a third, a third of what it was last year at this time, let alone the height in the 2021 situation. Again, a third. And we were seeing an absolute surge in cases and an absolute surge right now, right? And and yes, people were starting to be able to be re registered and available for the jabs at this time last year. I want people to understand this. I don't think people get this. We have dropped by two-thirds, not a third. We have dropped by two-thirds, Okay. It's one-third the number. That means there's two-thirds missing, right? Right. Okay. The British data confirms recent trends all over Western Europe, as Alex Berenson points out, including the Netherlands and Switzerland. Most wealthy countries that relied on mRNA COVID shots and boosters had non-COVID deaths well above normal in 2022. The problem has actually worsened in recent weeks in the wake of the fall uh, Omicron booster campaigns. Because remember, they, they tweaked it, right? They tweaked the, the booster shot that you're going right. to get right. to attempt to mimic the variants that are within Omicron. With the, with the recent upward revisions, Europe will, probably, will now probably report more excess deaths in 2022 than either 2020 before COVID vaccines were available 
2021 before uh, boosters began in earnest. So 2021 or 2020. Pre and during. Okay, these are the this is the important thing that we can track and trace. And we do this also in real estate. I look a lot at the numbers in 2019 because the market was still pretty normalized in 2019. And then look at the numbers now and suggest to the people who are, oh my God, panic everything. Uh, hold up, wait a minute. Don't put some pimping in it because um, the, these numbers are very normal. Normal doesn't mean crash. Normal means normal. But. Here's the important thing that I want people to understand. There is no connection been proven, okay? No connection between the COVID-19 jab and all these excess deaths. Nothing to be proven. However, South Africa, Bulgaria, other middle-class countries, if you will, right? They have decent incomes and decent health care not the best in the world but it's not the worst in the world either they also had lower levels of covid vaccination rates okay but they've reported normal or below normal deaths for 3 4 5 months now and what have we known about the lessening of the 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 impact of the variants, right? We know that they that the more people, the more that they spread, and the more that this has gone on, they are less dangerous, more transmissible, right? That's what we know so right. far. Doesn't mean that a that a variant is going to pop up and you know bite us in the ass at some point. It could happen. Now, as I pointed out, Alex Berenson points this out, the United States lays substantially in reporting complete death figures. Many European countries are posting them within two to three weeks. Britain is among the fastest, as well as the most highly vaccinated. About 90% of English adults have received mRNA COVID jabs from Pfizer or Moderna or AstraZeneca's DNA shots, according to the government data. About 70% of English adults then received a booster, and 60% of those over 50 received the bivalent um, booster shot of Omicron, or Omicron. Many adults over 75 also received a spring 2020 booster, meaning they have now taken five shots. And the boosters have exclusively, with the exception of I think like 4% of them, have been mRNA shots. Yet deaths in Britain have recently soared, unrelated to COVID spikes, right? We know that only 650 of the deaths last week, right? The last right. reported week, 650 of them. Again, only 3.7%. So is it worth our time as data analysts to take a look at, huh, what is happening at a singular level and then extrapolate it more broadly? Yes. Yes, it is. And I've used this example time and again, Pat. As I was doing operational analysis, I get all these emails all the time or all these Slack messages from customer service reps. Hey, I'm seeing uh, four reports of this or, you know, I've gotten four calls from this garage or that garage or this or that. Right. OK, so then I go and analyze the data. Hang on a second. There are 500 people parking 
uh, oh, there, and only four people didn't have a spot, right? Like, okay. Like, that's a statistically insignificant portion. And more importantly, we also know that those are the only four people that ever had a problem the entire month. Again, a statistical anomaly. Like, this is not a trend. This is not an issue that we have to go and deal with the garage on, right? Right. This is what this is the exact same thing that they're talking about here. Hang on a second. This is not as statistically significant as we think it is because when we look in and bring in broader data, data from other countries that don't have the same situation and they're not seeing the same problem. They're actually seeing it going down. So what is the what is the piece of the equation? What is different about all of this that we don't know about? Right. Right. Well. Bulgaria offers a striking contrast. Deaths in Bulgaria have fallen far below their 2020 and 2021 levels. And more recently, even between the averages from 2015 to 2019, Bulgaria had almost the lowest vaccination rates anywhere in the world, with only 30 percent of adults jabbed and under 15 percent receiving even one booster. The country had widespread COVID outbreaks and high COVID deaths in both 2020 and 2021. But as we widely predicted when COVID began and before the mRNA vaccines were introduced, it now appears to be running a deficit of death. The most likely explanation is that many of the people COVID killed were very old and sick and would have died within the year or two. And that's why when we talk about excess death, excess death, that's why this stat matters, because excess death is a predictor of these people are likely to have died anyway. And how are we exceeding the expected number of people that would die in a given year? Right. Right. That's what this is. It is a model. And then we there we take a look at that model. We iterate off of it every year knowing all the different inputs, and then we predict, and then we look, right? That is a really good data analysis situation. It is a fantastic situation because you're taking multiple inputs, you're iterating, you're changing things up, you're doing all the things you need to do, and then we have, wait a second, where's the spike coming from? And if we have it, let's take a look at the numbers in, wait a second, we're seeing heart attacks rise by 30%. That explains it. But hang on a second. Why are heart attacks exploding by 30%, right? Right. right? We would right. want to know that. But as we, uh, but he continues to point out that the Bulgarian data and similar figures from South Africa also appear to end long COVID as an explanation for the excess deaths in the mRNA countries. Both countries had nearly everybody exposed to coronavirus at some point. Now, I did not get the data set for you. But if you take a look, um, the red line in Bulgaria would be 2020 on this this chart. And it's crazy to see the levels go like this, Pat. Literally, it goes up for 2020. And by 2022, it is literally flatlined, basically. <clears throat> so I want people to understand this. We have data that shows us countries who refused or did not largely use the mRNA vaccinations, okay, a one, one subset of the vaccination policy around the world, right? We have multiple countries from multiple places on the earth, right? One in Africa, one in Europe, right? So two different climates, two different, you know, 
all all the extra inputs that you could use, right? Right. It's not like we use Bulgaria and then it's neighbor, right? So we're using two basically polar opposites, literally one at the bottom and one in the northern part of northeastern part of um, Europe. of Europe. Okay. Explain. So there is no rational explanation for why these two should be the same. Okay. There's no rational explanation for why they are different than Britain, Switzerland, the Netherlands, uh, Belgium. Here in the United States, again, this is why I set this up with the argument that has been made to me is that we're not seeing the excess death numbers um, spiking, except for, yeah, we are. Here, here's here's kind of where I just come down on all of this. At what point, because neither of us can can definitively say this is due to the jab, right? However... There does seem to be something here. What is it going to take for us to investigate if this is due to the jab or not? And furthermore, if this is due to the jab, Mm -hmm. is this worse than COVID itself? Exactly. And this is the point. This is hmm. the point that Alex Berenson is making here. And this is the point that is important here. Because what we have seen, if you start looking at data, right, from the populations who are supposed to experience the worst of COVID, these are the populations in which we are experiencing a crush of death. Now, the other part of all of this is you have to understand that the group of people who should be experiencing the least amount of excess death right now. Considering what we've been told about the jabs, right? The people who are the most vulnerable to COVID-19 are the populations over the age of 75, right? They're the populations who have been mostly jabbed, okay? What are we seeing? We're not seeing a lessening of their death numbers like we should, right? We are seeing in some cases an increase and in more cases, very similar numbers, That shouldn't happen if these things are preventing them, are protecting them, are doing all of these things. So either one of two things is true when it comes to that subgroup. Either the jabs don't work or they're causing issues. And we owe it to the world. We owe it to our local communities, our grandparents, our parents, all of those things that they wanted to scare us into, right? Who told right. us that we had to, we owe it to them. We owe it. Here's what we really owe them, Pat. The truth. So that they can make decisions that are best for themselves and their health. Right. And if I know that getting this leads to the potential for me to die anyway, do I do it or do I live my life? Right. So my life is going to be shortened potentially by this. That's what excess deaths in that group mean. That their life, like if they weren't they wouldn't have died normally in like a year or two, right? Okay, and they died. That's a problem. And we're seeing a lot of that. So we owe it, just like we did with that 10-year period, and I keep bringing this up all the time. I believe it was H1N1, the 10-year period in which 
We kept giving the, the that vaccination, va vaccination, vax, 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 right? Now, I never got one. Other people did. But um, I look at it from the perspective of what did we end up finding out? It took a decade for people to find, to, huh, something's not right. Find a link and go, hold up, wait a minute. No, 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 no. No, we're not doing that. Here we are, less than three years from the, the well, two years, really, from the first jabs, right? In right. December of, late December of 2021. Or 2020, leading into 2021, excuse me. Right, right. And we're already seeing in front of our faces all of the varying data points that would point us to we need to explore why this is happening. Is the mainstream media doing that? Nope. They're not interested because here's here's the thing. It's going to destroy everything that they have said and done over the last two years since the jab has come out. But they can't have that happen. They can't. Their egos won't allow it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with Pfizer and Moderna. I mean... It's their cash cow right now. No way. It would destroy everything that they, they claim to represent. To which I say, burn the whole damn thing down. Just so that we can get to the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, inter interestingly enough, Pat, we still haven't seen the, the massive spike that we saw during COVID. Um, in the in the winter months with the excess deaths here in the United States, but but we're actually are seeing the trend up. We are seeing it starting to trend up here in the United States of America. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think Alex Berenson's point is not that every country is going to be the same. It's that hang on, there are multiple countries that have had various COVID policies. And only one subset is having this issue. And the other subset is having the opposite issue. Let's explore it. Let's pay attention to it. Let's figure out what we need to be doing. And the further of this, the furtherance of the evidence that exists that these things might actually be dangerous to human beings. Because that's really what's happening with this tipping point. If they were quality things, if they had nothing to do with, with bad outcomes, why are we seeing bad outcomes like all over the place? And it's not just the anecdotal things that you see on the TV or that, you know, you see uh, a player go down randomly in a sporting event or this or that. Right. It's not just that. It's it's the totality of the evidence. I, I just I don't know what we do with that if we don't pay attention to it. It would be negligent of us to not explore it. We are critical thinking are not suggesting that these are cause this is the sole cause of the situation what we are suggesting is that we have to explore why these varying policies end up with varying results because the common thought process would be x y and z right the thomic right. the common thought process would be those that were unjabbed would have more problems in the winter of 2023 than whatever 
it is not to suggest that this is the only cause of this. It is to suggest that we have to have transparent information to make decisions that are best for my health and your health on an individual level. We owe it to ourselves to study it, to understand it, and to come to reasonably certain conclusions. And then also tell the truth. Exactly. Wherever that takes us. All right. Speaking of that, it is a WTF Wednesday. And now before we get into WTF Wednesday, why don't we play a little bit of the B or not the B? You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All righty then. Today's headline. African reporter to White House. America is the only country on earth that people die by gun without even being in a war. African reporter to White House. America is the only country on earth that people die by gun without even being in war. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And speaking of truth, do you know what's true? The deliciousness of coffee brand coffee. Do you know what else is also true? The fact that they don't give a crap about your politics. And you know what else is also true with them? Mm-hmm. They really only care about making a good product. Mm. That's it. They they want to be the best coffee maker that provides you the service of that product ever. That's it. That's all they want. That's all they care about. All you need to do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code Critical Thinking at checkout, and get 10% off your purchase. No, it's 5%, not 10%. Or it's 5%. Excuse me. Sorry. 5%. Get the read right, Pat. Jeez. Jeez. Right? Goodness gracious. Let's try that again. Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use promo code Critical Thinking at checkout. Get 5% off your purchase today. Uh, get all that deliciousness shipped right to you. It's fresh, politics-free. Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Promo code Critical Thinking at checkout. 5% off your purchase today. All right. African reporter to White House. America is the only country on earth that people die by gun without even being in war. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Kopp, what's your answer? This has got to be the B because journalism or, yeah, no, not the B because journalism is absolutely this stupid. So I'm going to go with not the B. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure, but I, I can totally see this happening. So, so your answer is the B or not the B? Not I'm, the B. I'm, okay, it's not the B. You are correct. This is not the B. What the absolute hell? Um, has anybody paid attention to what's going on in South Africa or Ethiopia or the Congo or Egypt, Libya, Morocco? Um, would you like uh, so there's a there's Wikipedia's list of nations by gun homicide per hundred thousand residents. I'm guessing South Africa is very high up there. Well, number one is Honduras. That's not surprising. Uh, next is El Salvador. Also not Jamaica, surprising. Venezuela, Belize, Guatemala, Zambia, Uganda. Um, Hang on. Those are African countries. What are you talking about, Pat? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Malawi. Malawi? Yep. Uh, also I an African even... country. 
I can't even pronounce the next one. Burkina um, Faso? Lethisau? Lethisau? I don't know. Also, Trinidad and, yeah, um, Trinidad and Tobago, Colombia, South Africa, hey. Congo, hey. Central African Republic, hey. Bahamas, Dominican Republic, uh, Tan- uh, Tanz- Tanzania, oh. Sudan. Let's see. Let's just see. Where is the United States on this list? Do, 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 do. Still waiting. Uh-huh. Top 50? It, uh, nope. Top 100? 87 <laughs> is where we fall. Just for some perspective, my fellow Americans. <sighs> Jesus. We're going to get lectured to by an African journalist about gun violence. Go bleep yourself. And, and and by the way, notice notice how many African countries are above uh, the United States. At least a baker's dozen. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, Pat, you know what time it is? It is time for us to WTF Wednesday it. All right. Um, now, do you want to go first with your WTF Wednesday? I, I do actually. Okay. Because I, I've been wanting to get this one off my chest for a few days. I've been holding on to this one. Your rather uh, sizable chest? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, uh, Pat. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Glad you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, do you remember, oh, a few months ago? When uh, Paul Pelosi had the attacker in his home and, mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff, yeah, uh huh. The the naked questions. the naked Paul yeah. Pelosi and the naked attacker, uh-huh. yeah. And then there was the hammer involved. Um, Nancy Pelosi, if you remember her, um. You know, Queen Dentures. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. The former Speaker Uh, of the House who no longer is Speaker of the House, but still thinks she holds any sort of power. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Um, Well, she is uh, Catholic. Mm. Mm. Very debatable. Right. Just because you claim something doesn't mean you're. It's like the. That's why why I was kind of like Catholic. It's like the Muslim who's at the. uh, at the club every Saturday night spraying champagne. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure that's your Sabbath day, so what the hell are you doing at the club? And more importantly, right. uh, you shouldn't be drinking alcohol if you're a Muslim. Right, right. Um, so Nancy Pelosi uh, had some priests perform an exorcism at her home. Wait, what? After husband's... Yeah, the, she had some priests perform an exorcism. On the house? On the house. After her husband's hammer attack. And that was revealed by her daughter, by the way. Yes, Andrew Coppin, do you have a question? How um, not Catholic is Nancy Pelosi? She believes that you perform exorcisms on homes. That is not the purpose of a Catholic exorcism in any way, shape, or form. Is it because 
on people? Yes. Yeah. Exorcisms are performed on people so that spirits may leave the body, so that spirits and demons may leave the home. You don't perform it on a house. That's not how that works. That's not now you could perform a cleansing on a home. You would be correct. Catholics, uh, Catholic priests can perform cleansings on homes, believed to be, um, how shall we say this, uh, spirited by demons, right? You can perform cleansings, but you do not perform an exorcism on a freaking house. That's how not Catholic Nancy Pelosi is. But my other further question is, I'm very surprised, maybe this is a statement, not a question, I am very, very, very surprised to hear that the uh, exorcism was not performed on Nancy Pelosi. Just curious, uh, why would it be performed by Nancy Pelosi? On Nancy Pelosi. Oh, on Nancy Pelosi. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Well, her daughter did say, uh, I think that weighed uh, really heavily on her soul. I think she felt really guilty. Um, I think um, that um, really um, broke um, um, Further point of reference, she has a soul. <laughs> because, Pat, um, to buttress your... WTF uh, story. Um, there's a bit of news. Senator Josh Hawley insider trading bill returns to Congress under a new title, the Pelosi Act. <laughs> so in one respect, this is the greatest troll job of 2023 so far. On the other thing, this is also a really good bill. Um, it is the Preventing elected leaders from owning securities and investments. So the Pelosi, Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments Act. Uh, this time around, the senator's updated version takes a jab at the California rep, Nancy Pelosi, who many Republican lawmakers had slammed after her husband, Paul Pelosi, sold up to $5 million worth of shares in NVIDIA, a California company producing semiconductors, just before the House voted on a bill surrounding the domestic chip manufacturing industry last year. Um, now, in addition to prohi prohibiting members of Congress from taking advantage of the market and wielding their power and privilege over American citizens, says the Daily Wire, the Pelosi Act would also ban said politicians from holding diversified mutual funds, exchange uh, ETFs, or exempt U.S. Treasury bonds. Six months upon assuming office, the bill would require new congressional members to divest or place prohibited holdings in a blind trust to remain there while they are serving the American people. Spouses of American politicians in Congress would also have to forfeit any investment profits back to the American people through the U.S. Treasury, and violation of the act could result in losing the ability to deduct the losses of those investments on their income taxes and other additional fines. Earlier this month, Business Insider reported that at least 78 congressional members, Democrats and Republicans alike, had violated the 2012 uh, law known as the Stock Act, right? The uh, Stop Trading and Congressional Knowledge Act, which lawmakers designed to combat insider trading among lawmakers and force public servants to disclose their personal financial dealings, including any stock trade made by themselves, a spouse, or a dependent child. Still, according to the report, lawmakers allegedly broke the law, citing ignorance, clerical issues, and accounting mistakes. So, Hawley is attempting to shore up the Stock Act with the Pelosi Act. That is absolute brilliant trolling. And more importantly, this is exactly what we need to have happen. These you Your investments go to a blind trust, and you don't get to do this while serving the American people. 
You don't get to personally profit off of your quote unquote service of public service, right? How many times do we hear that? Like this is a boilerplate. I'm here to serve my community. That's number one. No, it's not. You're here to enrich yourself. Look at Mike Gallagher, the representative from my former congressional district back home in Wisconsin. He was at Davos last weekend. He's basically Kevin McCarthy's, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham to John McCain, right? I, I, the suck up of all suck ups. And he went from, yeah, okay, he had money for, for Green Bay, Wisconsin, to he's got money. Uh, how the hell did that happen? I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So we yeah. need to stop this. You, you, it, it's this simple. You live off of the large salary that we give you, and you don't get to do anything with your investments, whether it's a loss or a gain, for the entirety of your <clears throat> service to the American people. Speaking of Lindsey Graham, by the way. Oh, no, Pat. Now what? Well, you want to play the clip? What are your national security questions? I just, what was, you know, what are, same thing for Trump. I mean, why did you do it? What were in the documents? How were they held? Who had access to them? Um, let me just say this. I, I've known President Biden for a long time. I don't think there's, I would be shocked if there's anything sinister here. First comment, Pat. Was he about to say there's no there there? It kind of looked like it. Um, Leave it to a politician to not understand uh, where that term came from. Another question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think Steve Dace could take off his uh, personal temporary ban of him making fun of Lindsey Graham? Yeah, of course he is. Huh? Of course he will. Because um, how do you defend that? How? So, okay, so here's the defense, right? Right. It's an impossibility to be perfect. Because that's what they're asking. Like, okay, so here's a prime example, right? Uh Uh-huh. If you've got... 180,000 pages of documents, Pat. Are you Uh personally going over 180,000 pages of documents? No. No. Okay. But who is? Right. But here's the other part of this. There are computer programs that you can use to scan documents, right? That would flag whatever comes out. And then you can grab those documents and make sure they go to the correct home. Not Joe Biden's home or the University of Pennsylvania's Biden Center in Washington, D.C. I mean, the, the, the Chinese-funded University of Pennsylvania Biden Center for Policy, right? Right. Um, I mean, um, funneling money to the Bidens vis-a-vis China, paying them back to the Biden crime family. Well, when, when, when you've even established that the vice president may have access to classified documents, but he cannot take classified documents. Right. Same with the senators. Like, even Adam right. Schiff, for crying out loud, has as horrific of a, a partisan as he is, as much of a liar as he is, 
understands you don't take a document out of a skiff. If you are not right. the president of the United States of America or a member of said group that is going to present that document to you. So so I guess my question to Lindsey Graham is how in the hell is this defensible? It's not. It's not. It, 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 ignorance. Ignorance is not a defense. It is never a defense. Period. Amen. Well, I didn't know that. I don't know. Gee, shucky darns. Yeehaw. No, you don't get to do that. More importantly, we, we've talked about this. We're talking about documents from his time as a senator. That could be 50 years ago, for all we know. The, what the hell does he have documents from 50 years ago in his possession? What is that at the University of Delaware? Have we gone down that road? More importantly, Mike Pence, right? We find documents there. I yeah. guarantee you if we look at every vice president, Al Gore probably has classified documents hiding somewhere. Probably. Right? So so again, to our point in our conversation yesterday, if that is the case, it is kind of the, if everybody's doing it, is the law correct and everybody is violating it because they can get away with it? Or is the law insane and we need to change it? I would argue that it is the... Um, we need to care more about it side of things because what we know, look at what Sandy Berger did right with the white house, literally stuffing documents down his pants. That would have done what implicated the Clintons in some sort of a criminal way, right? Got caught with that, went to federal pound me in the ass prison for 10 years for it. You need more of that. Hey, Joe Biden, the day, literally the second that you leave office, you are in handcuffs and you are going to federal pound me in the ass prison. To Donald Trump, if you cannot prove that you declassified these documents that you had in your possession, you go to federal pound me in the ass prison. Yeah. To Mike Pence, what the hell? We could go on and on and on. It's very simple. You you set a standard and you hold them accountable for that standard. You don't just let them pass. Well, because it was only a select few documents. It don't matter. Well, it was only a little Coke. What? What are you talking about? It wasn't a kilo. It was only a gram. What? <laughs> Is that really the defense we're going with? Just the tip. Yeah, it was only a it was only a twenty dollar make you holler instead of a hundred dollar make you holler. Well, what? Like, <laughs> well, what are, what are we doing? All right. So with that, Pat, um, any anything else that uh, that trips your trigger on a WTF Wednesday? Well, unfortunately, we have to get to this one. Um, do you want to play the clip from the? Uh... No, latest. I don't want to play the clip. I want you to set that clip up because I have no idea what the hell I, I watched. Okay. Well, so I'm pretty you, sure our audience is going to need some context. Yep. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the context. That's, that's fine. And by the way, um, you're probably going to want to watch this over at uh, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Yeah. Subscribe. Give it a thumbs up. So um, on, on Twitter... Um, this, is, this is actually coming from not to be, but but there's a, a Twitter thread in here, um, and what it explains that a daycare in North Carolina 
A teacher used a doll to teach gender identity to four to five-year-olds. Um, when a child brings up non-binary, the teachers say it's a huge testament of how much we've been talking about in, in the classroom and constantly in conversation. And so this supposed Pat, 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 teacher. Before, before we get there, though, I have a very simple question. Yeah. If they're talking about non-binary that much that the kids are asking about it, is that bad? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, bad. exactly. Also, yeah, then, bad. why are they not teaching people uh, at four and five year olds about hermaphrodites? I'm I'm I'm, I'm seriously asking that question because it is as statistically possible and probable that you're going to run into a hermaphrodite as you are going to run into somebody who is truly non-binary. Yeah, and I'm I anyway, this is what the uh, latest from the Rainbow Jihad in the state of North Carolina is is doing to your kids and well, I'm just going to let the clip speak for itself now. Huckleberries. Today, I wanted to introduce you to a new friend in our class. Well, this Huckleberries is my friend, Nash. It's our first day in our class. They're just looking around at all of you, and they're so curious to know who you all are. Today uh, was fun. It was really interesting, though, knowing going in, being like, I don't know what questions kiddos are going to have or what they're going to say, um, which is both like nerve-wracking, but also kind of exciting. It's that place of um not knowing as a teacher and just being okay with that and the friend likes to ask the question are you a boy or a girl and mash answers i'm just a kid but a kid like kids can be boys or they can be boys or, or girls or yeah or maybe non-binary yeah it was just like Non-binary, yeah. yeah. That's just something that we know. And <laughs> this is something, I mean, it's like, they're four and five years old and they just didn't make a big deal out of being a boy or a girl. And I think it was a huge testament to how much we've been talking about it in the classroom that you never mentioned the term non-binary. It was yeah. a child who brought that up because- Okay, I have to stop it right there, Pat, because what the absolute, you you have literally put it in their brain for months, years at, on end already. You've already indoctrinated them into this. And well, it, it's a testament to, to they, you didn't have to prompt them. They just knew it instinctually. No, they didn't. This is a learned behavior. You literally have been telling them in the very next sentence, you tell them what, Pat? You tell us in the audience that, well, we've been indoctrinating them for four to five months, right? We've been, we've been talking about this in the classroom that they just instinctually know what we're talking about now. Like as if we instinctually now know the multiplication table or how to divide or anything divided by zero is zero. Y'all are fired. At least you should be. By the way, we're talking about like daycare level kids, like right. um, preschool, preschool level. level kids. Okay. <clears throat> you as a parent <clears throat> to all of the parents out there. Look, I'm not a parent. Pat is not a parent. I will tell you this much. The first effing thing that I would be doing 
when looking at preschools for my children would be this. Do you teach gender theory? And then the first moment I found out that you lied to me, I'm suing your ass, number one. And then secondly, I'm taking my kid out of your classroom. No way, no how, get the hell out of here with that. The sexualization that. of these, the what we are witnessing there in that group, right? All allegedly women, except for maybe that one on the far right. I'm not totally sold on that yet. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure that might have been a dude who transitioned to a woman, but irregardless, regardless of that, in that roundtable, all of these adults think that sexualizing a kid is okay. All of them. Pat, I got a question for you. Maybe this is just me being old school because I'm now 41 years old. But when I was in preschool, the people that were teaching me were not a bunch of leftist hippies or a bunch of lesbian gender theory. How did we only like every time we see one of these clips, right? Every single time we see a clip of somebody teaching something in preschool, it is literally a leftist. I mean, how is that possible? Here's the thing. If our teachers were, we didn't know it. Right. Why? Because they were focused the on teaching us the basic mm. functions of life, teaching us how to read a little bit, how to write the alphabet, um, you know, basic things, arts and crafts. Not with a political agenda behind the arts and crafts that we're doing, right. but right. being creative, opening up the the brain. Not opening it to your gender theory and then shutting the door behind it, but opening your brain to actual creativity, to critical thinking. That's exactly what's happening when, when they look at the arts and crafts, right? It is firing the synapses of critical thinking. This isn't that. This is Indoctrination 101. And I'm telling you right now, the only way to stop this, the only way, pull your kids out of that effing school right now. Why? Because chances are it ain't a public preschool. It's a private preschool. And guess what happens when your money walks right back out that door with them? And then secondly, you sue their ass. Thirdly, I would suggest reporting them over and over again to Child Protective Services for sexualizing my child every single time they do this. They, they talk about something sexual. They show something sexual. They do anything like that. Nope. And furthermore, if, if you know anything about four- or five-year-old kids, Pat, of course they don't see boy or girl. Because they, they don't know these concepts necessarily outside of boys go to boys have uh, a part that, you know, when they're going to the bathroom, they need to be separate from girls when they go to the bathroom. They don't see this as a, a separation because they're, they're interested in playing with anybody and everybody. Right. They don't care about anything else. Further on, they'll they'll eventually see girls as icky and boys as icky, right? They'll eventually right. see that, and that's another phase. And then after that, they're going to go, oh, wait, I actually like a boy or I actually like a girl. 
<laughs> and at that point in time, that is the right time to, I don't know, have a conversation about that with them. To hypersexualize a child at four years old to the point of they know what non-binary means, get out of here with that shit. Just get out. So, uh, again, hit them in the pocketbook, close that damn school down, you you put all that confrontational pressure on them. You get right in their damn face. And I'm not suggesting that you scream at them or yell at them. Getting in their face is taking the money and running, is pulling your kid out of the school, is calling child protective services, is being a watchdog for what your child is or isn't learning there. And here's the sick part. You actually have to ask them these questions, right? You actually have right. to ask your child these questions because chances are the child's not going to tell you that they learned about what non-binary is because that is a further, the furthest freaking thing from your mind and usually theirs, right? Unless right. it's something four and or five years back. I don't know about um, you. The funniest thing that I like to do to prank people, uh, cousins and whatnot, is to teach a really funny uh, saying or whatever to a four or five year old and then watch them repeat it to mom and dad. Why? Because they mimic everything an adult does. Right. They don't they don't have the mental capacity to understand this concept. It is an impossibility for them to do so. Their brain is not developed enough to understand literally what the, the implications of this concept are. They are just parroting whatever bullshit you are pulling and pushing on them. This is disgusting. So the only other alternative, Pat, would be to have people like you and me populating this uh, and then making sure we read Bible verses to them every single day, right? Right. Oh, wait, we'd be in trouble for doing that. And with that, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. I think Lindsey Graham's back on menopause. By the way, we didn't get to that story, so maybe no, we'll we save that for Friday. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. All right. With that being said, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Stop indoctrinating your kids into gender theory. Make sure you eat all your meals today. And as always, Matthew five forty seven. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.